Good morning. Turn in your Bibles with me this morning to the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Short passage that we're going to read to begin our study this morning and uh, we're going to be talking about Thanksgiving. It's a beautiful morning and thank you so much for being with us. We do have visitors in our audience. Thank you very much for your presence this morning and as always if you see anything hear anything that you have a question about please let us know we'd like to sit down with you and open our bibles open our hearts and examine what god's word says i believe that the bible has all of the instructions for us to worship and serve god acceptably and we need to find out what that is and that's our goal here that's our purpose and of course, being this week, uh, the week of Thanksgiving, coming up this Thursday, we have uh, perhaps some big plans. We've got, uh, we've, got our, we've got our menus all set. We, we've got the food laid out, and, or we've got it purchased, and it's in the refrigerator ready to go. We've got our travel plans made. Uh, we've made a lot of plans. What about the most important and that is to think about where all blessings come from. And constantly, listen, we, I know we have a holiday called Thanksgiving. Every day ought to be Thanksgiving. Every day we ought to be grateful to God, thankful to God for what he's blessed us with. And that, that should happen every day. Also, of course, for everything. That's what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. Beginning in verse 16, rejoice always, pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. God's will is that you be thankful in everything. Not in most things, but in everything. We need to be thankful in everything. Our culture, it does its best to create within us discontentment. I mean, you think about marketing schemes that are out there for businesses. They want to do anything they can to make you discontent. Apple wants to make you discontent with the latest, I, with the latest iPhone. The iPhone 11 is out. Don't you just want one? Not really. But they want to make you feel like you just have to have that new iPhone. The latest cars, our newest models are on the lot. They make you want these new models and you know what they'll do they'll upgrade them they constantly upgrade right why do they upgrade to make things better so that you'll buy them and uh, many times though of course those upgrades are nothing more than eye candy uh, it's not any substance to it but it looks better it feels better but and that's what they want you to think our culture though encourages us to be discontent with what we have and they show us on television the lives of other people and how happy they are in their big houses. Uh, how happy they are, you know, with their, uh, their good-paying jobs and, you know, all the things that they have. And uh, the tendency is to try to make us jealous. Or at least that's Satan's design. Instead of appreciating the gifts that we do have, the blessings that we have, the talents that we have, and instead of appreciating what we are blessed with, our culture tries to get us to be dissatisfied with that. And we're always wanting 
more. We're always wanting something else. We're always wanting the grass on the other side of the fence because that grass just looks so much better. Uh, of course, remember the old saying, if you want your grass to be greener on your side of the fence, water it. <laughs> Take care of the grass on your side of the fence. Be content with where you are. In everything, give thanks. We need to understand that ingratitude is a sin. Ingratitude is a sin. The Bible often points to this fact. In Romans chapter 1 and verse 21. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were thankful. But became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. Now, notice the end result was their thoughts became futile. That's vain, foolish. Their hearts became darkened. Why? Because two things. Number one, they did not reverence God properly. The fear of God is the beginning of knowledge, Proverbs 1.7. The fear of God, they've forgotten about God. They pushed God out of their minds. Nor were thankful. They did not live with gratitude in their hearts. If we are unthankful to God for what God has blessed us with, let me assure you, you are going to become futile in your thoughts. You're going to think evil things. If you forget God and you are ungrateful, your heart is going to become darkened. Now, there are many ways in which that is true. We become discontent, jealous, angry, and bitter. Of course, we direct that bitterness toward God if we are ungrateful. Even though if we do not recognize we're doing that, that's what we're doing. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2, For men will be lovers of themselves. Now, Paul is talking here about the Holy Spirit expressly saying that there are going to be things of you know, people falling away. Uh, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and holy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. But notice, unthankful is right in the middle of all that. Being unthankful, my friend, is a sin. Do we understand that? When we are discontent, when we are unhappy with what we have, we become unhappy with our, with, with our family, with our spouse, with our children. <laughs> Now, understand, I, I realize that sometimes I do things that makes Denise upset and angry. But there's a difference between being angry and still loving each other and becoming ungrateful and unthankful. And that will turn into what? Bitterness and jealousy and hatred. Where do divorces come from? A man and a woman become dissatisfied with each other. They become ungrateful. Um, we must realize ingratitude is a sin. And sometimes we just point to certain things, you know, the results of ingratitude, but we don't really see the cause for those things. We know there are problems in our lives, but we don't understand why there are problems in our life. 
Could it be that the problems that you experience in your life and the discontentment that you have in your mind is simply because you are not as grateful to God as you ought to be for what you have? Now, why are people ungrateful? Why are people unthankful? Well, I'll say to you that pride and selfishness is the root of every sin, right? Including ingratitude. But people who are pride and self-centered, uh, <laughs> they've got a roadblock to being grateful. The only thing that they're grateful for is to themselves, for being who they are and what they've accomplished. And they feel entitled to everything that they get. Thus, there is a lack of respect for God in that very mindset. And when we have that mindset, it is impossible to grow faith, hope, and love. You cannot develop faith, hope, and love in an ungrateful heart. That's impossible. No wonder the Bible speaks so much about gratitude, about thankfulness. And speaks of it as a terrible sin. You know, our heart, Jesus makes the point that what is in the heart is what comes out the mouth. It is what that is in our heart come, that comes out. And so you think of all of the sinful things that a person could do. Whether it's greed, boasting, blasphemy, being disobedient to parents, unforgiving. Slanders. By the way, we just read these things in 2 Timothy 3, verses 2 through 4. Uh, lacking self-control, being brutal, being vicious, uh, being cruel, despisers of good, traitors, not trustworthy. Turning your back on those who have done you good. Lovers of pleasure. You are selfish. And what you want is simply to have a good time. Not lovers of God. Of course, people who do these things are not lovers of God. But all these things come from a heart that is corrupt. Those who are lovers of money and boasters, etc. They are lovers of themselves. They're selfish. They're proud. They are unthankful. They are entitled because of who they are. They are unholy in their heart. They have not truly set God as the ruler of their heart. They're unloving because God is truly not their father. And a selfish person cannot be a loving person for something in the true sense of the word. The only person that he loves is a headstrong person. That's a stubborn person. Now, there's nothing wrong with being stubborn in the right thing. But some people are just hard-headed about anything. They will argue with you. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't make any difference whether you're right or you're wrong. They're going to argue with you just because you're not them. You come up with the idea, not them. So they're going to argue with you about that. They're headstrong. They're, they're hard-headed. They're haughty. They've lifted themselves up in their own, own mind. And how then can they be thankful for anything? So you see, all these things come from a corrupt heart. Ingratitude is a condition of the heart. And so when we fail to respect God as we should, we fail to love God as we should, we're not going to be grateful to God. <coughs> We're not going to be grateful for anything unless it serves our self-interest. 
We have much to be thankful for, don't we? We just sang, Cameron led us in the song, Count Your Many Blessings. That's a wonderful song. And notice it's not saying, when everything is going good, count your many blessings. When upon life's billows, your tempt is tossed. What does that mean? When times are stormy, right? When the trials and the temptations are coming, count your blessings. When times are hard and difficult, count your blessings. In everything, give thanks. We have so much to be thankful for. And even though sometimes things are going bad for us, we need to count our blessings. The greatest blessing that we have, of course, the obvious one that every Christian should... If I were to ask you, what is the greatest blessing you have as a human being? As a Christian, your first response would be salvation in Christ Jesus. That should be the number one thing on your list. And if that's your answer, then your priorities are where, they are where they ought to be. Because that is the most important blessing that anyone could have. The wonderful blessings that we have in, in Christ Jesus, the spiritual blessings, the redemption, forgiveness, the adoption, Ephesians 1, verses 2 through 14. Verse 3 says, all spiritual blessings are in Christ. Those who are in Christ... Those who are following Christ, abiding in Him, have all of these blessings. And we ought to think about them often. We are children of God in Christ. We are God's chosen people. We are redeemed. We are purchased back from, a, from the bondage of sin. We are forgiven of our sins. We are washed and we, we have the hope of everlasting life and inheritance. That is eternal in the heavens. And, and that's something that we, oh, we ought to be so thankful for. And you know what? If that is truly what we're thankful for, regardless of what happens in our life, does it make any difference what happens, whether I get sick, whether I find myself experiencing a tragedy, a heart-wrenching loss, and those things are real and they do hurt, but if we have the blessings in Christ, we still have something to be very thankful for. Doesn't matter what man may do to me. I've got something to be thankful for. Our familial relationship, certainly we ought to be thankful for those whom God has placed in our life. We should be thankful for our Parents. We should be thankful for our spouses. We should be thankful for our children. And you know, if we always have this attitude of gratitude, how is that going to affect our relationships in that family? When we are thankful for our parents and we treat them like we are thankful for them. And I, I'm, listen, I'm not saying just say you're thankful. Be thankful. When we are truly thankful for what they've done for us, It'll come out. It'll express itself in the way we treat them. What will that do to my relationship? We're thankful. We are to be thankful for our family, for our spouses and our children. And, and just recognize the wonderful gift that they are. Now, I know that sometimes people don't behave like they ought to behave. That's very true. 
And sometimes people do not uh, behave in a way that brings harmony in a relationship, but rather they cause problems. What do you give thanks for in that situation? Just give thanks to God that, you know, you have the opportunity still yet to help them, to encourage them, and, and do what you can always to be there, to be that shining light in their life. Uh, there's always something to be thankful for. And even when we have to say goodbye, always remember the good, the bad, the the pastimes. Always remember the blessings that you have and the memories. There's always something to be thankful for. In everything give thanks. Faithful brethren, Colossians 1 and verse 3. By the way, let me, let me just back up for a moment. In 2 Timothy 1, 3 through 5, you know, Paul was giving thanks for Lois and uh, Paul, Paul recognized the importance of of Timothy's mother and grandmother, Lois and Eunice. He recognized their uh, importance in his life. They had taught him the scriptures. I tell you what, there's nothing that would be more thankworthy than parents who teach their children the word of God. You know, I'm so thankful. Um, many of you know, you know, that there's been a great life change in my life this past year. And I, as being adopted, uh, when I was eight months old, never knew who my biological mother was, had no idea anything about her whatsoever. Well, this past year, I've, I've been reunited with my biological mother. I have a full-blood biological sister. They're going to be coming in this afternoon. Very thankful, you know, that God has allowed me to have this opportunity. Um, but I'll always be so thankful to my mom and dad who raised me, who taught me the Bible, who brought me up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Nothing, nothing is more important than that. I'm so thankful now for the opportunity that I have. The Lord has opened a door. And let's pray that you know, things will progress and, and we can do much good. But be thankful for what you have. Faithful brethren, be thankful for each other. We need each other. Be thankful for what others do instead of being jealous of what others do. We ought to be thankful for what others do. Every material blessing that we have. Now, we have so many things to be thankful for. Being in Africa this past summer in July, you know, just reinforced what I already knew it's just when you experience it it drives it home a little more you know you see people living in well not mud huts dung huts there's a difference people living in that uh, all the blessings that we have in this country you know the poorest Americans are wealthier than probably 80% of the earth's population. Did you know that? Do you know how blessed you are living in America? Just the fact that you're here in this country. Every material blessing that we have, we ought to be thankful for that. Uh, our daily provisions, God provides. 
But He's blessed us with the things that we need. We are so blessed. And we ought to be so thankful. When we are facing struggles and difficulties in life, whether it be health related, financially related, whatever it may be, our struggles will help us if we let them to draw closer to God. That's something to be thankful for. Our difficulties will help us develop a closer relationship with God if we use them in the right way. James 1 verses 2 through 6. James says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Count it all joy. Why? Because you know the end result. That it will create in you maturity, spiritual maturity. Be thankful even for our struggles, for our hardships, because of what we can allow them by God's help to accomplish in our lives. And understand as James 1.17 goes on to say, every good and perfect gift is from the Father of lights. Everything that God has given is good. Be thankful for everything God gives and every opportunity that God gives for all that God provides. Do I give God the thanks that he deserves? No, I don't. I do not. I never will. Because he deserves so much more than I can possibly express. But do I give him the thanks that I ought to give him? Can I ever be thankful enough to God? The answer to that is no. With what he's provided with, for me in Christ Jesus? No. I can never make up for that. I can never express my gratitude enough for that. And all the blessings that he has provided in my life. The question is, do I give God thanks in everything? Do, am I a person of gratitude? Someone who is truly thankful. Psalms 100 and verse 4 Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. When we come into the presence of God, it ought to be with a thankful heart. And into his courts with praise. Because we are thankful, we praise him for who he is. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Acknowledge him for the one who has blessed us with all things. And recognize the good that he has done for us. Psalms 107 and verse 22, let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. You know, sacrifice the sacrifices. Sacrifice costs you something. We ought to be thankful that we're able to give back to God. To give him our time, our effort, our service. We ought to be thankful to God for that because that means we're able be thankful for what you can give to God. Rejoice in that. Psalms 116 and verse 17, I will offer you to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving. Thanksgiving in and of itself is a sacrifice. Because you know what? I have to suppress my selfishness and my pride. And I have to focus on the things that God has blessed me with. Oh, how that will change your life if you simply let it happen. You call upon the name of the Lord with thanksgiving. You recognize his authority in your life and you recognize what he's done for you. That will change your life. In Ephesians 5 and verse 20, 
Paul says, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, break that down. Giving thanks always. Do it all the time for all things. Do it all the time for everything to God the Father. He's the one that's giving us everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, through our submission to Jesus' authority. When we submit to Jesus' authority, we receive the wonderful blessings of God, and we have more to be thankful for than we can ever express. In Philippians 4 and verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You want to truly find joy in your life? Well, treat other people right. Recognize that you are accountable to the Lord. Don't worry about anything. Let the Lord take care of that. Don't allow yourself to become discontent and unhappy with the circumstances in your life. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Turn to Him and trust Him and be thankful to Him. And if you do that, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts. It'll keep, it, it's like, okay, you are in a right frame of mind, if you do what God tells you to do, there will also be this protection of you, of your thoughts and of your deeds. The idea is that if our mind is right, then we'll be right and God will protect us. So it all begins in how we think, doesn't it? It's our attitude. Colossians 2 and verse 6, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, you've been saved you have been baptized in the Christ. Now, walk in Him. Rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Now, you serve the Lord with thanksgiving. You abound in it with thanksgiving. You serve the Lord as much as you can, overflowing in your service. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Chapter 3 and verse 15 of Colossians says, let the peace of God rule in your heart. See, this is, in a sense, it's passive in that you allow it to happen. But the only way that you allow it to happen is for you to be active. Is for you to do the things that you ought to do. Be who you ought to be. That's how you let the peace of God rule in your heart. To which also you were called in one body. That's in the church. And be thankful. Be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. In Colossians 3, verses 15 through 17, or actually chapter 4, teaching in chapter 3, verses 16 through 17, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord. Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So, beginning in verse 15, all the way down through verse 17, be thankful. Be thankful. 
Worship God. Serve God. Be, be thankful. Chapter 4 and verses 2 through 4. You know, sometimes we call the book of Philippians the book of joy. Maybe we should call the book of Colossians the book of thankfulness. In verse 2 of chapter 4, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Now, we are to be diligent in our prayer with thankfulness in our hearts to God. Being thankful for what He has done for us. And also, of course, recognizing our current condition. Notice in verse 3, He says, Meanwhile, praying also for us, that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in chains. Here Paul is writing this epistle from prison. And he's encouraging the brethren there to be thankful. To continue to pray for him. To open doors, not just the jail cell door. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about doors in the people's hearts. That the gospel may be preached. That's what he's asking them to pray for. That I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Regardless of my condition, pray that a door will be opened that I may preach the gospel to others. Thanksgiving, regardless of our circumstances, really does change our outlook on things. You know, much like the chart that we had up earlier with all those, you know, selfishness and pride and unthankfulness, all those things in the heart and all the sin that results from that. You know, a person who has the love of God in their heart, they're humble in their heart, they are thankful to God. Just think about the, the results that will come from that. When a person is humble and loving and respectful and trusting in God and thus hope fills his heart, he's going to be a person who has a heart of gratitude. No way around it. Humility, love, respect, faith, and hope, these things produce gratitude in our hearts. Do I give thanks in everything as I ought? By my words, look, I ought to tell people that I'm thankful. You know, we, we, Denise and I tried to raise our boys. You know, when somebody did something, gave them something, what were they supposed to say? Thank you. Thank you. You know, today, man, it's like everybody thinks they deserve everything. They are entitled to everything. You don't hear thank you very much from young children. We need to learn how to be thankful. Say it. All right? Say it. Giving thanks. Praying to God. Giving Him thanks, first and foremost. Singing with thanksgiving. Expressing our thanks to God through song. By our words, we must express thanksgiving. What we say. We're to do this. Always and in everything. The life that we live, though, also expresses gratitude in our heart. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2 I beseech you, therefore, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. <clears throat> 
that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. By the way you live your life, you demonstrate, you make manifest a grateful heart, a humble, obedient, faithful heart. And gratitude is expressed in how you live your life. You know, we were talking this morning in Bible study. We were talking about different things, activities, works of the church. And we were in Hebrews 10, 24, 25. You know, and we are to provoke one another, to encourage one another unto love and to good works. Forsaking not the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another in so much the more as you see that they're approaching. Well, you know, a person who has a truly grateful heart for God and for what he's done... And for his church, you're not going to have to tell that person. You're not going to have to uh, ride that person all the time about attending services. They're going to want to be there. Because they're grateful to God. They want to express their thanks to God at every opportunity. They want to encourage their brethren every opportunity they have. They want to live a life that manifests a grateful heart. Being grateful to God. Our humble obedience to Christ. You know, obeying Jesus is not a burden. Now, we may think it is. And if we have that idea, we, we've got our, ups, our, our thinking upside down. Serving Jesus is not a burden. Obeying Christ is not a burden. Sin is the burden. But by humble obedience to Christ, we really manifest our love for Him for what He's done for us. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 again. And 5. And we emphasize and we understand in our daily living the magnitude that we recognize was the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. What about our life? Is it manifesting our... Heart of gratitude, teaching others. What motivated those brethren in Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 8 to go out and spread the gospel to others? What motivated them to do that? They had received the good news of the gospel. They were grateful for what they had found. And because they were grateful for what they had found, they wanted to share it with others. Are we grateful for the gospel? My friend, there is always something to be thankful for. Even in the worst of times, there's something to be thankful for. We have the hope of eternal life. And one of the things that I know, well, it's really hard to see beyond the tragedy of the circumstances of life and the moments in time in which we find ourselves. It's hard sometimes to look beyond that cloud. But that's where faith comes in. That's where hope comes in. That's where the promises that God has made us can come in and cheer our hearts. And we can find great joy and we can find gratefulness in those wonderful promises that God has made to us. There is always, always something to be thankful for. Being thankful is not dependent on how much stuff we have. 
doesn't depend upon the condition of our life, the state in life in which we find ourselves. Being thankful depends upon our attitude towards God, our attitude towards His provisions for us, especially those spiritual provisions of life, and the promises that He has made to the faithful child of God. If I have my focus where it ought to be, my heart is going to be full of gratitude. Are we thankful in everything as we ought to be? Do I acknowledge ingratitude as being a sin? And what that really does show, that's an ugly thing if you think about it. Do I major in my troubles? In my difficulties, in my challenges, in my hardships? Do I major in the things that are wrong in my life? Or do I focus on the good? And on the blessings. Do I give thanks to God in everything? I need to learn to be content with what I have. Be content. Being a faithful child of God. Regardless of what my external material circumstances are. I need to find contentment and peace within myself. And that can only be found in my faithfulness to my Lord. Now. Do I express my gratitude in word and deed? But before I can express it in word and deed, I have to be a person of gratitude myself. Consider, my friend, what God has done for you. Think about the sacrifice that he made. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The sacrifice that God made, the sacrifice that Jesus made to die on that cross for you. Are you thankful for that? Consider what God has done for you. Consider the gospel that he has provided for you. Obey the gospel. Receive what God has provided. Receive the salvation in Christ that he has given to us. If I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, then I need to turn away from my sin and I need to turn to Christ as my Lord. And I need to obey Him. I need to confess Him before men. And I need to be buried with Him in baptism and to be raised to walk in newness of life. Receive what God has provided for me in Christ. I tell you, how can I express my gratitude if I reject to obey Jesus Christ? How can I be grateful to God by rejecting the salvation that He's offered in His Son? And actually what an ugly thing that is to reject such a great sacrifice. And yes, the condemnation that you will receive will be worthy of the rejection that you have made. Now, are you willing to live for Jesus? Do you want to find joy in your life? Real peace, real gratitude. Be thankful for what God has done and obey Him. Serve him faithfully. And I promise you, you'll never regret it. Never. Reject him, and you will regret it for eternity. If we can help you in any way you need to obey the gospel, please come while we stand, while we sing.